Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors to hear about what they are learning, what they are teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, so this is Pastor Andrew, and I'm here with Jeremy and and Pastor Nate, and we are in the middle of a series called Deeper. And one of the things we thought would be a really cool idea is to kind of get a behind the scenes look. Because if you're anything like me, when you write a sermon, you cut about 75% of it. I don't know if you guys agree with that. Mm. And so there's a lot of information that we have that we just never bother to communicate on a Sunday morning. And so Well, it's, yeah, we, not that we don't bother. We just can't. We can't. No way in, the, <laughs> in the amount of time that we have. Yeah. And so it's a fun, it's fun to kind of think through. And then it's always... I think it's always good, like there's moments when you preach, Pastor Nate, where I think about what you're saying and I want a little bit more. Right. Well, let me, let me add this, something you just said, um, you know, about the, we have more information than we can dispense. Not, that's not true for everybody. Sometimes <laughs> it, is, uh, it is a display of everything that you know. Yeah. Yeah. And so... And, and some people really hold their hats high on that. That's not my teaching strategy. And, and, and then I, I don't want you guys to have that teaching strategy either. What we try to do is take complex things from Scripture and break it down simply. And rather than giving tons and tons of information, we again try to break it down into, um, you know, into like a seven-course meal. So... You can get a whole meal that's a salad, or you can get a side salad. And we try to, you know, even breaking up into sermon series mm. to take, rather than eating one huge old country buffet meal in one setting and walking away feeling bloated, to say, here's your piece to chew on this week, and and it's fasting. Here's your piece to chew on this week. It's loving your enemies. Here's yeah. your piece to chew on this week. It's forgiveness and you know and breaking it down even forgiveness will break that down into other little pieces and to help us to metabolize it and to get the most out of it so just something people may have never thought of before yeah Yeah. i think that's one of the things that um being on staff for years one of the things you've always talked about is you'd rather people get the basics than jump into the like the nitty-gritty what people call deep but it's not really deep. It's just information, right? Right, yeah. It's information that you didn't know before, which yeah. is not deep. When it talks in Scripture about the milk and the meat of the Word, they think that milk is basic and meat is another language. Mm-hmm. But that, in my understanding, in my study, that's not what it means. Milk is something every Christian should be doing, and then meat is that deep living. So everybody should be sharing their faith, but the, kind of the meat is some of you are evangelists, some of you are teachers, mm-hmm. some of you are apostles. So everybody shares Jesus, but when you're living out the meat of the word, now you're stepping into that mm-hmm. more specific like that. calling. And meat is always about application and how we live that out. It's never about... Tell me some Greek word I don't know, which which is pretty much every Greek word other than like Chi Alpha, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, or um, or uh, um, who's the who's the uh, the dad from Full House? 
he changed his name from season one to the rest of the seasons. But Fallout. I, don't, I didn't know that. Consopolis, Jesse Consopolis. Oh, okay. But he had two last names, so my mind's <laughs> making them blend together right now, which is weird. Why did he start with one Greek last name and then the next season switch to, to a different one? I don't know. <laughs> but Jesse and the Rippers, that um, that song forever when they're at Disney. Oh yeah, you guys remember yep. that. We should that could you could turn that into a worship song. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. I've, I've been so happy loving you forever, forever. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> tears beautiful to my eyes. Television history. That's awesome. I like um I like when you were talking through that though the um like the milk and the meat because you think through some people like when they're looking for something like that it's like. They can sound spiritual, saying, like, I'm just not really getting anything out of this sermon. I want to get into something else. But then you look at, like, people like Bob Olberg at our church who can listen to any sermon, you know, when when we're preaching. So Bob is, um, I don't know if he's 84 years old, former pastor of our church. He's been attending. And, yeah, there'll be some Sundays where he comes up to me with tears in his eyes that— you know, God dealing with something in his life or God challenging him with something in his life. And, right. Uh, Which, like, not like he's reached a point of knowledge that none of us can attain, but the idea of, like, his teachability, he'll get something from every single sermon because right. he's not, like, sitting there, like, tell me something I don't know or else I'm not impressed. Right. You know yeah, what I, I mean? Like, when we, when we, because I'm a pastor, all right? But I'm not. But I. But I sit under, under preaching all the time. When I sit under there, it's not. All right, God, here's your chance. Tell me something I don't know. Like what kind of an arrogant attitude? I. I just don't feel like this is the right attitude. Hmm. When I sit under teaching, it's all right, God, t- teach me something I'm not living. And I think that's a way. That's a a, a completely different yeah. position when you sit under the under preaching. So it doesn't matter if someone's preaching. Um, uh, David and Goliath because what happens is today we're talking about David and Goliath and people are like I heard this already I heard this a hundred times <laughs> this guy bleh. boring and I'm like it's God's word how can it be boring mm. but you feel like you already know the outcome and instead of saying like I already know all this information well that's the wrong position to be sitting in under the preaching of God's word mm. alright when we're preaching it's not Bible study when we're preaching, it's about transformation. So we say, all right, David and Goliath, I've heard, I know this story, but God, what do you want to change in me through this? And it, if you have that posture, God always, always changes you. It doesn't matter if you've been a pastor for 80 years, you've been a follower, you have multiple doctorate and PhD degrees. When you sit under the preaching of God's word, whether it's a 16-year-old preaching their first sermon, or it's the most heady, boring person you've ever heard of, monotone, even more than me right now, um, (laughs) boring, essentially, preacher, if you say, all right, God, what do you, how do you want me to live differently? What do you, what do you want to teach me? What do you want to do in me? He always, he'll always change you. Um, You said something that I, I think you should have spent about, you said, okay, preaching is not about Bible study, it's about transformation. So, I don't know. I feel like that's a slightly different view than a lot of people can end up taking. Mm-hmm. So for you, where where do the where do the how do the two function in your life? Because Bible study is not bad. 
how do you how do you walk out both in a healthy way? Um, well, both are about those who do not yet know, which is probably a controversial statement that shouldn't be. Bible study increases our knowledge of God's word, increases our ability to obey um, and to follow him, which is a great thing. But again, that's not about information. That's about transformation as well. God, I want to know your word better so I can follow you better. And so I can be exposed of maybe false teaching that I have or sins in my life that I didn't know were sins because I never read the Bible before. Um, And then that transformation, why does God transform us? Because he wants us to represent and be Jesus and to share Jesus with other people. So even Bible study is about those who do not yet know. Preaching is, I don't know if I can think of an example between the two. Um, Bible study is like reading about weightlifting and watching videos about weightlifting. Preaching is weightlifting. Hmm. So you need both. You need to have the proper technique and the proper training regimen to know what you're doing is right. But then the preaching is actually the picking up of the weights. And Mm. if you do one without the other, that well, that's great. You're going to end up damaging yourself or end up with a weird body shape because you were doing it wrong <laughs> or you have all this information, but no actual strength. And you're like, I'm a, I'm a third degree black belt from YouTube. Oh, show me a jump kick. Well, I've, <laughs> I've gotten that one. I can't actually touch my toes. <laughs> so I think though, the, but, yeah. but the outcome for both of those, for, for studying weightlifting and weightlifting is a stronger body and more healthy. The outcome for Bible study and Bible preaching is the outcome of bringing the lost to Jesus, mm-hmm. and that and that's always that's always the goal. While we're here in this earth, that is always our primary earthly responsibility to share Jesus with people. That's good. And for those who want to hear and give their life, that they would be able to hear from us. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, something even Pastor Andrew, when we were talking before we hit record, you just made me think about it too. We normally we normally stay away from words like deeper. That's something that Pastor Andrew is like. Normally yeah. we stay away from stuff like that because like, sometimes all the stuff we just talked about is like what comes out. Like, let's get deeper. Perfect. Let's take out our Greek, you know, and start studying it. And instead now we're doing a series about it. Plus now it's it's gonna be like kind of our focus for the year. Right. So to think now then could you talk more about deeper as you see our church going through it because obviously it's not that we're all going to be able to like speak in greek or or hebrew or anything so deeper to me i always i'll always say i want to live deeper Mm. i want to live deeper you know i want to be more generous i want to have forgiveness i want to have greater faith i want to have immediate obedience this is living deeper this is the spirit-filled life that is an adventure of every moment. So if God were to speak right now and, you know, and they're like, sell the church building or sell your house and move, I want to be able to immediately move. Obviously, some things take, t- take time, but if he tells me, sell your house, move, then I want to be able to go home and talk to my wife and say, hey, we've got to sell, so let's go through that process. I, yeah. I want to live in that deeper adventure, adventure life. Um, uh, but that's not all flighty, right? So, um, 
So one of the weeks in our series, we'll be talking about deeper doctrine and we'll yeah. come back on this podcast and, and dissect that. But you have to have, you have to have a doctrine and the theology that is deep into the word, not just taking one scripture and making your whole theology on that mm-hmm. and not willing to just ignore parts of scripture because culture doesn't accept that. Um, so I don't know if that answers what you what you were saying. No, yeah, that's deeper that's it doesn't mean more like a Pharisee. Deeper means more like a disciple. Hmm. The disciples weren't perfect. But they lived in a way that was different. Yeah. Hmm. That's no, cool. That makes sense. That makes sense. What um I was thinking about it because honestly I feel like we've we've kind of hit on fasting a couple times in the past two years. And um, I don't know if that was, I'm trying to think if we did that regularly as a church up until about two years ago. So that feels like a shift, if I'm correct. I don't think we've ever done it regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Some of it's just my personality. Probably some of it's because we forget. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there's a lot of churches that do start the year with a 21-day Daniel fast. So I think a lot of them have great intention. And, and they have real, but I say there's probably a small percentage who they just do it because they feel like you have to do it. If you're going to be a, a cool church or uh, or be considered a spiritual church, then you're forced to do a 21-day spiritual fast mm-hmm. so that other Christians look at you like, okay, they're legitimate. I always repel against that because it doesn't say in Scripture you have to start the year with a 21-day Daniel fast. So... I shouldn't feel compelled to do that because of Christian culture. Yeah. So part of that's just my <laughs> my personality. <laughs> You're so, rebellion. So I don't. I try not to get locked into some of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I think it probably makes us miss out on some things that could be blessing. Like there's nothing wrong with doing a 21 day Daniel fast in the beginning of the year. We should, probably should do that every mm. year, uh, but but we don't. Um, and even right now, we're not doing a 21 day Daniel fast. We've got a 28-day fast, and it's kind of choose-your-own-adventure mm-hmm. based on where you are. A 21-day Daniel fast is really too easy for some people. I could go on a 21-day Daniel fast and gain a lot of weight. <laughs> so it doesn't feel like a fast if I'm gaining weight. Mm. Um, so anyway, that's kind of some of that. We want you yeah. to be stretched spiritually during this. Yeah what is best for you. Yeah, that's good. I had a couple people like texting after, which is funny. Like, I don't know why it was like, for some reason, a shock to, to me and Haley to figure out our plan, even though I made the graphics we gave out and like talking about it, (laughs) but it was still like trying to figure it out. And then other people texting too, like thinking through it. So I thought, I'd ask you similar questions that people were asking. Sure. And then obviously we can get into the, into the sermon as well. But again, like to me, I feel like we haven't really done like a big fast push for a little while. And so we have a lot of people just like, they almost are nervous. They're going to do it wrong and miss right. out. And so I thought just to think through that, like, so even you just said you could do a Daniel fast and gain a bunch of weight. There is a lot of health trends that are fasts right now. Yep. So what's, what is a biblical fast? So the kind of the questions are like, what should our fast look like? What should we expect during it? 
um, how do we know we're doing it right? Like those kind of things. Let's, like, so let's talk about the health one first. Yeah. Because <clears throat> I, I thought about that before we started. Sorry for coughing. <clears throat> the um, I think if you're like, oh, the church is doing the fast. Perfect. There's going to be health benefits for me. That's a wrong motivation. Now there is, you can read secular reports, Christian reports on the benefits of fasting once a week. Mm. But if that's our motivation, again, it's a superficial motivation. We need to have a spiritual motivation. Our spiritual motivation for fasting is <clears throat> to get our flesh out of the way, be more in tuned with Jesus. That's our motivation. Mm. It's not to shred. It's not to <laughs> increase our gut health, um, to increase our metabolism. It's not for any of those things. It is our motivation is... Um, being more in tune mm. with him. So I would ignore a lot of the other benefits for right now. Yeah. As a lifestyle, there's benefits, but again, that can't be our motivation. So my motivation for tithing is not, Oh, I'm going to get back a hundredfold. Um, now tithing promises a blessing from God, but as soon as it becomes a slot machine mm. or a retirement fund, then your motivation's wrong, and I think you lose some blessing in that. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah, so intermittent fasting, which is a health trend right now to help yeah. you lose weight. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, I've been doing that since uh, September, I think, mm. um, f- fasting breakfast, but that is not a spiritual fast. That is a way for me to stop gorging myself throughout a day. <laughs> and so I'm still doing that. I'm not even considering that as part of what I'm doing right now. Is it important that the fast interrupt whatever you normally do? Um, I don't know the interruption. I just think, I think you should feel it, mm. which is, again, why I'm not doing a Daniel fast. I think you should feel it, mm. that there should be some bit of of sacrifice to it. Mm. So when Jesus did a 40-day fast, he felt it. When the when the when Daniel was in his fast, he felt it because they were um you know, they were doing a lot of work and there wasn't and he, that was like you've got to eat otherwise we're going to get in trouble for malnourishing these prized possessions of Nebuchadnezzar. And uh, so they certainly even their handlers were feeling that you're a slave. We've got to care for you. Yeah. Um, so I just think there should be some part of this is a challenge for me. I had a conversation with someone I'm married to. I won't. I won't name who they are. <laughs> they and I was. We were talking last night. Like, hey, what's your plan? What's your What's your gonna? And and um, she. It's important that we mention that it's a she. Um, <laughs> She said, I don't know that I can get rid of sweets. I'm like, well, that's probably a good sign that you need to. She's like, well, hot chocolate isn't my one source of... And I'm like, well, maybe Jesus should be your one source of, of life. I think this is probably just a good sign. As soon as something... Like, I don't know if I could give that up. Like, that's usually just a good sign. Like, Why don't you just give that up? Yeah. Um, and, and move forward from there. Talk, talk to the mentality because I know so like part of the social media fast um, I've already failed it multiple times so like trying not to like go on how do you so in the midst of like fasting certain things like 
I often find myself in a mentality of, like, oh, I already screwed it up. I might as well just, just start over. Like That's the fruit of legal. I would say that's the fruit yeah. of legalism. Okay. Mm. So the fruit of legalism says, I can't do it, so why even try? Or I tried to do it, it made no difference, why even try? Yeah. But that's not Jesus' heart for us. So I've had fasts like where I was going to do a seven-day fast, and about four days in, I had to stop because... <laughs> because I was, I because I couldn't function. Yeah. Um, we had a bunch of little kids. It just, it just couldn't function. And so was my wife. Like, like you gotta eat. You're you're going to bed at four thirty p.m. <laughs> <laughs> so, God's not ticked off at that. Yeah. Mm. And then so, say for instance, um, someone tried to start their fast today. They're already two meals into the day, and they're like, oh man. I was supposed to fast today. Well, just pick up where you are right now. Yeah. Mm. And it again, it's our heart and our motivation. Um, so you just pick up where you're left off. Uh, as far as like the app, the abstaining things that we're doing each week, like social media, just um, uh, one, you can delete the apps off your phone. Mm. That'll help a little bit. Um, give my wife some props. She did that on her phone. <laughs> um but then if you find yourself on it and you come to the awareness, yeah. you just <clears throat> you just back out yeah. just right then and just keep on going. God's not, again, God's not angry at us. He's proud that we're trying. Mm. He's not angry when we when we fail, mm. especially something as innocuous like, oops, I like the post. Yeah. I just ruined all of God's blessings. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. there, so what, what, what can someone do too fast wrong? I think I have a story of someone who I think is the only time I've met someone who you fa- you were fasting wrong. But what, like, what? how can someone be fasting improperly? Any guess? Any thought? Uh, making it over the top obvious that you are doing it, mm. right? So. Right, so what's the scripture for that? Um, there's a scripture about when you fast, like even making it's sure like yeah do something to your put face oil don't, on your face yeah. so you don't look you're yeah. trying not to look yeah like you like you are fasting um, motivation we've already talked about yeah yeah if, if all your friends who aren't christians you yeah. have to know that you're fasting I maybe you're doing it the only person wrong. i've ever had an experience where i was like you 100 percent are fasting wrong was this kid at my college, and I'd, I'd never met him before. He walked up to me, and he, like, shook my hand. And I was like, hey, nice to meet you. And he's like, and he just, like, shook his head at me. And I was like, what? And then he handed me a card, and he said, I'm fasting talking to people. So <laughs> I am on a fast where I don't speak to people, so I'm not able to talk to you. I hope you have a good day. And that was the only time I've experienced, like, that feels like, I, yeah, you know, like. The, um. You actually looked on the wrong side. You're supposed to flip it over. That's the size he meant to hand you, and it just said, I'm a weirdo. That was what was More supposed to happen. More see the back. Yeah. He just handed you the wrong side. Because if you're not talking, that's not fasting. Fasting is food. Mm. It's food. So here's the scripture, Matthew 6, 16 through 18. So this is Jesus. Pretty weighty words here. When you fast, don't make it obvious. As the hypocrites do. <laughs> All right. For they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. That's a motivation, the wrong motivation. Yep. I tell you the truth. That is the only reward you will ever get. So if you're fasting for like some Facebook, that's the only reward you're going to get. 
But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting, except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. So that's our big, you're doing it for public opinion, public acclaim. Um, you're doing it wrong. And yeah. our wrong motivation gets us every time. I think the scary part do of that nothing, scripture. Do nothing with, do nothing for selfish ambition or vain conceit, mm-hmm. right? That's. Yeah, I think the scary part of that scripture is there is a reward in doing it wrong, and that reward sometimes people is, it's enough for them, like because it says like if you're oh, doing it for people reward, to admire yeah. you, you're gonna get that, like you will, right. and I think that's enough for some people. And oh, for sure. And, and that and that's like I think that's the scary part is mm. like. Jesus doesn't say like necessarily there's a punishment for doing it. He's like, no, you'll get rewarded in the ways that you want. And I think that's like the thing that pops out. So if you're going to follow Jesus, you want to be concerned. You want to make sure you're following people who are helping you follow Jesus, not following people who are just trying to get you to follow them. Mm. And what's the difference? So usually it's a... Uh, secret revelation. It's a, a way of following Jesus that the rest of the world doesn't know. Mm-hmm. It's some spiritual discipline or some spiritual practice that that they are the expert at. So if it was fasting, yes, I fast for 40, 40 days. Um, uh, 40 days every single year I fast for 40 days. And you're like, oh, wow, super spiritual person. I only know, like even for me, I only know probably two people that have done a 40-day fast. Um, and so you're like, well, this person does it every year. And then, and so then, then they use that to their advantage. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, those other people in your life, they've never done a 40-day fast, so mm-hmm. you should probably follow me. Um, those other people, they don't take their Sabbath day on Saturdays. I do because I follow the true scripture, so you should follow me. Mm. And so it's never about helping people follow Jesus. It's about amassing followers for yourself. Yeah. And um, someone tries to make you, tries to make themselves look spiritually superior than the other Christians in your life. Wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm. Yeah. That's good. I think, I think that wraps into the idea of like, even for us, when we talk about deeper, that that messiness that can very Deeper isn't in. weirder to go yeah. back to your yeah. your best yeah. friend in college. <laughs> your best friend. <laughs> deeper isn't weirder. Yeah. Jesus yeah. wasn't weird. His mm. disciples weren't weird. And so why do we think that the freakier you are, then the more spiritual you are? Mm-hmm. The only spir- spirits I know are freaky are the people who are the spirits who possess people, and they make you run naked through cemeteries. <laughs> uh, scripture, not a true story. I mean, not a story I've experienced. So when we're following Jesus at a deeper level, it makes us more relatable yeah not less relatable i mean as relatable as willing to die and lose your life for the name of jesus i mean that's not very common and some would call that weird but it's not like no i can't talk to you because (laughs) and as far as weird stories go this is one that i always thought was kind of weird it's not related to fasting but um when I was in Bible college, a couple got engaged 
and they were just telling everybody on our wedding night, we're going to pray. We're not going to consummate our relationship. We're going to pray. <laughs> and like, I was an unmarried guy, but like, that seems pretty stupid. Where in scripture does that, but it was trying to seem more spiritual. Yeah. yeah. And maybe they were flipping it. So we're not going to pray, but we'll consummate uh, leading up to. And then, yeah, maybe they had it out of order. That's our forgiveness prayer now that, we are, now that we're safe. I don't know. So some people are get so wound up. Yeah. Like, yeah. <clears throat> I want to feel spiritual. I want to feel important. So I'm just going to do something that's weird and bizarre and not found in scripture. Yeah. How long have we been talking? I don't know when we started, when we had to finish. I don't remember either. 30 minutes? Time? Yeah, it's been 30 minutes. Uh, but how long do we want to talk? <laughs> I guess we'll base it on how long people listen. Yeah, we'll look so at the 30 listens. minutes in, we'll realize everybody disconnects off the podcast. <laughs> like, well, 30 minutes in our sweet spot. I only had just, just thinking through a little bit more. So obviously, we've addressed the people who would want to over-spiritualize it, but really your, your entire sermon was rooted more towards towards people where you want to see them get, you know, a more rooted life in scripture to where they wouldn't be, uh, they wouldn't be carried away. So if the American church is going to be deeper and restoration church is going to be deeper, fasting has to be more than something we do once a year Mm. and something that we do just conveniently. Yeah. So my friend, uh, Kunho, he was from Korea in Bible college. He fasted every Thursday Midnight to midnight. So I'd go to his dorm room. It'd be 11.30 on a Wednesday night. And he'd be cooking some Korean ramen noodles, which was pretty amazing, actually. It had seaweed (laughs) in it. And it was good. Um, And he did that every Thursday. It was just part of his life. He's, I think it was 23, a single guy. And he just fasted once a week, 24 hours, part of his life. Um, Pastor Steven, his parents... Um, are from Kuwait. They're here visiting. And so their church in Kuwait fasts regularly yeah. all the time. It's just part of the rhythm. Yeah. Um, and this holiday, we fast. This, we fast. Other religions, you know, uh, the Jewish religion, the uh, Muslim religion, they they fast regularly. Yeah. And so if we're going to go deeper, it just has to be part of our discipline. Yeah. And because of Christianity, because of grace, you can kind of pick your own timeline and path according to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. But He is speaking to you. If you've never fasted before, but you've been a Christian f- for two or three years, it's time now to incorporate that spiritual practice yeah. to get a little bit deeper in how you're living the Christian life. That's good. Uh, the last thing, just because you... So you made me think about it, which I think will will hit through a little bit more. The two things: one, your your point with what was the Olympic sport, the shuffleboard? What is uh, it? Curling. 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 I thought that was really good. I just kudos for it. I thought it was really good. It reminded me you had another sermon illustration that I have remembered for a very long time, and I think this is one that I'm going to remember for a long time too. But you talked about the like the flower girl at the wedding. Remember that you talk through like when you first become a Christian, it's happy because you're walking and you're throwing flowers and everything's great. And then you were at a wedding where the flower girl ran out of flowers and literally like couldn't finish the walk down the aisle. She's like, wait, it's not great anymore. Like what happened? I just hit a bump. I don't have flowers. And I don't know why I've always thought through that (laughs) teaching when you did it. And I thought this was like almost a more fragile illustration of it. The idea of like if I hit a single 
rupture in my walk, I'm done because I want Jesus to smooth it. I think that's really cool. And like, there's a lot of people who I think would feel like, well, there's a lot of Christians that might sell Christianity like, hey, all your problems will be done when you become a Christian. And so for you to talk through that was really good. I just liked it a lot. I don't really have a question. I just thought it was really good and I liked it. So the example is um, the Olympic sport curling. Yeah. Um, if we imagine ourselves as that puck, yeah. whatever whatever it's technically called, we want Jesus to be the sweepers out in front of us, making sure everything's smooth yeah. and nothing goes wrong. And for some people, as soon as we have problems or persecution, which is what we we're preaching out of this week, then we abandon it. Well, if Jesus isn't going to make everything better for me, then why am I going to follow him? Yeah. If he's not going to get me a better house or a better apartment or make my wife stay with me um, or whatever, heal me, or you know, or heal the person I was praying for, then I'm not going to follow him. Yeah. And we see people abandon Jesus all the time because of that. Yeah. Um, Jesus does make our life infinitely better. He does. Following him is the greatest thing. But sometimes you follow him to your own death, as most of the disciples did. Yeah. Um, and many Christians throughout history have. And probably m- many Christians did last week in different parts of the world. Mm. Um, and so our faith has to go deeper, not just because things are going smooth, not just because there's flower petals, you know, everywhere, but because, no, we're committed to him. He's our Lord and Savior. Yeah. He bought us. So how do I, and how am I able to go to my purchaser and say, um, I, whatever, I demand my freedom. To demand my freedom is to take that curse back upon my life, yeah. um, which he doesn't want me to have. So, yeah. Uh, well, if it's not perfect, and then also, like you said, um, you know, sometimes if it feels like it stops being an emotional time right like when you first become a christian and it's like something you're very like you're wrecked every single worship set and everything like i remember like same with you shared like i remember when worship like one set list just didn't feel like very powerful for me and i was like i must be doing something wrong like all of a sudden i'm not crying all the time but it's like there is something i was trying to get into a deeper relationship with him the one thing you learn later on is that some people can be doing something very, very wrong in their life, but but they're dis- but but they are completely unaffected by it. Yeah. So it's like they're worshiping every week, they're crying every week, yeah. they're really into it, and then you find out they've been having an affair. Well, yeah. That's a little. So <laughs> our emotions don't always line up with. Yeah. Our obedience, all right? And then God doesn't want us to live by emotion. He wants us to live by his word. Yeah, So sure. scripture, which some people think is as antique and ancient and boring, well, it's not. But that's what we need to be, that's what we need to be building our life on, not on an emotional worship service yeah. or um, a TikTok sermon or anything like that. That's good. Cool. Well, thanks for taking the time. Is that everything? Good. Anything yeah, else I think we got. Uh, you got anything else? That's pretty much it. Awesome. So, if you, obviously, if you guys missed the sermon, uh, you should check that out. It'll be on YouTube or on the podcast as well. What was the scripture we talked through? Mark four. Yeah. Right. I was trying to think of it earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, we could have talked more about that, but um, receiving the word of Jesus with joy, yeah, but not having roots deep enough to 
follow him for the for the long term. I yeah. did have one kind of question that I was that I was interested in, um, just from your experience as a pastor, because like it, it it almost implies when you're reading the scripture that three fourths of the seeds that are planted don't end up making it. Like, do you think that lines up with what you've experienced as being a pastor and in, in Restoration Church for what twenty years now? Um, I I've never. I've never so a couple things that I'm sure of. Heaven will be bigger than we think it is. Mm-hmm. I, I and I just feel that as a conviction. Um, some people hold this mentality that heaven is going to be sparsely populated, like our church services during a snowstorm. <laughs> You're going to get to heaven and be like, oh, not very many people up here. I thought <laughs> there'd be more people here today. Um, I don't think heaven's going to be like that, and I think there's going to be a lot more people in heaven than we allow because yeah. I think there's some denominations who, who believe they're the only denomination going to heaven so they're going to be surprised when we're there like oh you're Pentecostal how did you get to heaven I was convinced you were full of the devil <laughs> <laughs> um, and so there'll be some of that happening yeah. uh, but I definitely see a lot of I, I see a lot of people which is why I preach on it this week who are just so happy to receive Jesus. And then a couple of years later, yeah. they're not even in the faith anymore. Mm. It's like they're not even, they've completely given it up. Mm. I've seen so many people like that. Um, and I think some would argue that they never actually received it. But I mean, I was there. I was there when they prayed. I was there. I saw the tears in their eyes. Yeah. Um, and so I've certainly experienced a lot of those mm. over my life. I've never calculated, I've never, like, the first people who, the seed falls and the birds pick it up, so there's never any germination, there was nothing ever, it, certainly there's a lot of people like that, but yeah. it's hard to tell because some plant, some water, so you don't know that your seed didn't make a difference in their life one day down the road, mm. so that I think that was hard to quantify. Yeah, no, that makes sense. All right, sorry for interrupting your conclusions. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Thanks for taking the time to talk. <laughs>